Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit. Whatever the fuck that means. Hi, guys. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and I'm joined by the wonderful and lovely Meriden McGraw of Meriden Wellbeing and Quidwell, your local health connection. Mare's back on to guest co-host the intro of this episode. We're going to run through our three intro questions, and then I'm talking to another amazing woman who co-founded a collective built to amplify change makers in Cincinnati. What's up, Mayor? Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. I already feel better, but you've been here for 26 minutes now. Yeah. I already feel better. I do too. Just getting it out. We just got some shit out. We just got some shit off our chests. A reminder to everyone listening, you just sometimes you just need to talk 20 minutes with a friend. Just let it out. And you know what? You did this other day to me, which I appreciated so much. We were DMing and you're like, how are you? And I was like, tired, calm physically okay like some adjectives and then you just responded like with how you were doing yeah and we didn't try and fix it for each other we were just like here's the information about our current state I leave it I really appreciate it because it provided me an opportunity to check in with myself I'm like how am I feeling all right these are all the things and they weren't all negative no yeah we had a one. I think I had one positive. <laughs> I think I had one positive. <laughs> Which in 2020, you're killing it. I know. That's right, a good day. Right. What's been your favorite workout, speaking of killing it? Okay. So I just went to Anchor Wellness. Okay. Their new space in Kenwood. And Where in Kenwood? So they used to be in Norwood. They're in Kenwood now. And it's in this, like right across from the mall uh-huh. in a high rise, um, like 8044 or something. I forget the address. Okay. And it's beautiful, like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. They have six offices in their little space and they have reformers. They have a room for a health coach oh. and they specialize in women's health. Okay. And so they do a lot of rehab, PT, pelvic floor stuff. Is it like a well, it's like a center for wellness? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and so I met with Barbara who teaches one-on-one reformer Pilates. You love the reformer. Molly loves the reformer. No, I know, but don't you do, you do too for your physical therapy? And your <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do. Queefing I've queefed story. on a reformer before. <laughs> I had to bring it up. <laughs> Chrissy's we friends can't. out there that are like, oh, the girl who queefed. <laughs> we can't get through a conversation without bringing it up. No. Well, I'm back on the reformer. <laughs> um, I do love the reformer, I guess, but I'm not very good at it, which yeah. is why I think I like it. Um, but anyway, she was helping me with all kinds of exercises because I'm five months pregnant, preparing the inner core muscles and pelvic floor for birth. I think that's so smart. Yeah. And she was great because she was not too intense, but she was definitely like, no, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Like mm-hmm. she was definitely on me the whole time. Right. Not this like let it slide because I'm pregnant kind right. of like mentality. Exactly. Yeah. Which I was like, good. Tell me when I'm doing it wrong. Um, and it was hard. But also I felt like really targeted the very small muscles mm. that I can't get to as easily right now Yeah, because of my yeah. growing belly. Right. Are you doing anything or paying any kind of attention to the pelvic floor? Yes. That's okay. like literally all I've been doing lately, I feel like. So I've been doing Fit Mom on 30 has some workouts online. I've been doing their uh-huh. program. And then we're doing an article on Quidwell coming out. Or we just did it on Elevate MD. Okay. Um, and all of their stuff is pelvic floor. So like how you breathe, um, controlling your pelvic floor, like on the exhale, really engaging up mm. with your pelvic floor mm-hmm. and on the inhale, relaxing it. Okay. Um, and all that's supposed to prepare you to get ready. I know. That's what I feel like when I become pregnant someday. Yeah. I'm just going to be like, all right, 
what do we got to do? Yes. What do I have to start working? And Elevate MD, they say by the second trimester, you should come in and get evaluated. And they like check to see like how aware you are because some women can't even like contract or relax there. Yeah. They have no mind-body connection because we've never been taught how. Yeah, right. So they like check that. They check all these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good idea. And then give you workouts for it. Yeah. But yeah. Have you, just as kind of an aside with being pregnant, are, what other kind of types of fitness have you been doing? Yeah. So I've been doing long walks, pure bar. So I've been doing oh. pure bar online which has been great. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of yoga. I'm going to go to Shine Yoga's prenatal mm. classes and they have seven spots in person right now and then the rest is virtual. They're starting in September. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of that. Um, I've been doing some high intensity, but then just like modifying yeah. as I see fit. Right. Um, right. But I've been trying to like stay really active. Yeah. I've heard from a lot of people that it's like what they swear by. Yeah. The first trimester I did nothing because I was so sick. Right. Um. But now I'm like, okay, actually, I feel better, shocker, right, when right, I move. Right. Oh, that's a good so realization. So I have to remind myself, like, yeah, I feel like shit now, but if I move, I'll probably feel better. So Kind of a little bit counterintuitive, but right. kind of like a hangover sometimes. I seriously describe pregnancy as a hangover. That sounds so appealing. <laughs> it's just a nonstop hangover, but you don't I get to drink. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Good you luck. don't have any of, like, the anxiety or, like, did I make a bad decision thoughts True. You do not have that, but you usually have anxiety in other ways mm-hmm. about yeah, other I know, things. I can imagine. Like, is the baby still in there? I haven't felt her move. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Is, is she still in there? Uh-huh. How's her heart? We right. Yeah. How's her heart? Does she have four chambers? We yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So my favorite workout was last week's Market Muscles with Dr. Yes. Eric Nobby, the Form and Function Movement Lab. And it was my favorite for lots of reasons. One, the weather was God. incredible. It was like zero humidity, Mm. sunny, not too hot. I was in a spot that was directly in the sunlight because Molly made me do it. But (laughs) but still, it it felt so good to work out outside. I'd I'd spent a lot of the early parts of quarantine doing outside workouts. Mm -hmm. But since these blazing temperatures, I've kind of sheltered and sheltered in place. (laughs) Again. That was a bad joke. Um, So that was one reason. The weather... But then also you forget how, or at least I forget, how great it is to socialize before and after mm. a workout. So, was, I mean, was, you were there, Molly, obviously, Eric, Eric's wife, Jordan, Nobby, formerly known as Jordan so Cooper. So good to see her. Yeah, it was so great to see her. But it's just like, I don't know. And I think maybe because it's outside, people do feel more comfortable hanging out. And I had to run, but people hang out at the beer garden, right? Yeah. People have been staying after and having a beer. Um, And actually, employees from Finley will take your order before and they have the beer waiting for you. So you don't even have to walk over to the beer garden. Oh, nice. You can just like stay in your socially distanced space. Yeah. Um, And then people have been hanging out. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It was just like a nice reminder of like, oh, it's like good to be social. But then also the content of the workout itself. So how did he describe it a certain way? Because his classes are not a typical, I would think, kind of like group fitness class format where it's like, we're going to jack your heart rate up. You're going to do burpees. You're going to do squats. It's fast paced. It's to the beat. Like, it's not like that. No. And I don't recall how he's describing things now, but I would describe it. Yeah. How would you describe it? As like 
rest and restoration mm-hmm. like and not even maybe rest but restoration mm-hmm. and it's still hard like you're still so challenging engaging your core working your hips but I think it's those muscles you don't want to work yeah and he does it in such a way that it's really small movements mm-hmm. um and then there's also some restoration in there so we yeah. did some hip stretches oh yeah which were hard there's I mean it's it's nearly impossible for me like yes. I don't know if you saw me but like I <laughs> I cannot do that movement. I'm just yeah. like, how does my body not do this? I I don't know. And he makes it look so easy. And he's like this big guy. I know. I know. But yeah. I think of it like a physical therapy session. Like the, well, maybe that's the it. moves that he had us doing are the same exact moves that he would have me do when I came to visit him one-on-one to care for my shoulder pain, to care yeah. for my back pain. Like the, the bear crawl, the, those hip openers, like, the lunge, like everything that he had, it was the same movements that it's like working one specific muscle allows an opening in another part of the body, which just is like insane to me. Yeah. But he's so great at describing and kind of walking through. But yeah, exactly like you said, when you are really focused and dialed in on, I'm supposed to be using my glute mm-hmm. in a forward lunge to propel my body up, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it breaks down the moves how you're actually supposed to do them instead of when we try and do them super, super quick without right. thinking about form. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that was my favorite one. That was a good one. I liked he's it. He's great. Yeah. yeah, he's wonderful. What do you want to talk about? What do we want to talk about? So um, what have I been doing lately? I was just telling you, I've been teaching a lot. Yeah. I need to hear about these classes. Yeah. So Everyone so needs to hear about these. funny and I think you'll reflect on it like resonate with this. So I've been working in this space that I've been working in like mental well-being, mental health promotion for seven years now, five on my own completely. And I just got an Instagram for it. Yes. And so the number of people that have reached out and be like, oh my God, you have a new business. Mm. Like your business is like taking off. People didn't know about it. It's so hilarious to me um, how much we rely on social media to inform us of like what is. I mean, it's everything. When you yeah. were talking about the news story going around that we talked about earlier, I'm like, was it on Instagram? Because if it wasn't on Instagram, Probably I didn't, didn't see, see it. it. Right. It's crazy. But I mean, it's true, which is why I started it. And everything I'd been doing prior to this had been word of mouth and with large companies, mm-hmm. and which it still is. But with COVID, I started to offer more virtual sessions to individuals to take as a group. Mm-hmm. And really quick, what's your what's your business? Yes. Um, so I teach easily implemented, <laughs> easily implemented <laughs> evidence-based techniques for mental well-being. So my whole shtick is that while 20% of us, one in five, will have mental illness, 100% of us have mental health. So mm-hmm. we all need to take care of it every single day. And there's super simple things we can learn and do to take care of our mental well-being, but we're just really not taught them. No. I mean, we're not taught them. Yeah. At I all. Now just, I think they are in schools and younger children are learning at a more appropriate age. But I think for us, like we're already fucked. Yeah, fucked. Well, no, you're not. No. We can still learn them. No, we can. We can learn them. <laughs> and like you can come to my class. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is why we're talking yeah. about it. Okay, so what are the classes like? Um, So I'm trained in pranayama, which is breath techniques, mindfulness. I did the MBSR training through San Diego, positive psychology. I have a grad certificate in that. So we combine all of those things to take this class. Right now I'm offering eight-week courses. I'll start another one in September. And what we do in a group format, which is actually such a fun way to learn 
Um, we do a different topic each week. So mm. we'll do like mindfulness. Once a week, eight weeks. Once a week, eight weeks for How an long? hour. Hour. Okay. That's so digestible. And we, I record them. So we, I use a platform. All the information's on this platform, including the videos. So if you can't make a session, you can watch the video afterward. Yep. I upload recordings to this platform. All the information yep. is right there. Um, and we do topics like mindfulness and focus. Um, and so I pre- present all the research. Okay. Here's what it looks like if you use mindfulness and here's how it impacts your focus. Here's the parts of your brain it impacts. And here's some of the research studies that have been done on this. Mm-hmm. Learn techniques for that specific thing. Mm-hmm. Practice and then discuss. Cool. That's yes. great. Yeah. And it's been really – I've loved all my groups. Um, it's been interesting. It's either been like 50 to 70-year-old age group, people who just want to like learn something new. Yeah. Or it's been like 25 to 40, like women who are in like the heat of stress. No, right. They're burnout and this is a la- this is their last grasp at survival. Exactly. And it's been so fun to have those two groups take class together. I can imagine. Because it's been like balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these, I mean, like last week, a woman was that she did the mindfulness technique that I had taught her that week. And she's like, I turned on the Beatles and I was listening to it. And it was just like, I heard the music. I really heard it for like the first time in so long. Oh, I love that. I know. So I love all my students right now. How can people find out more about it? And Um, when does it start? So September, and I haven't set the exact date yet. I'm Mm. trying to figure it out. Right now I'm doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is a lot. So I probably won't do Mm. three again. Mm -hmm. Um, But they can go to Meriden MWB on Instagram. And I'll post all about it there. And they can also subscribe to my newsletter through that. Cool. And it will come out that newsletter as that's well. awesome yes that's oh gosh it's like so needed right now yeah i've been really um happy and also surprised with the turnout like people have been signing up left and right for yeah them, so yeah so the thing i want to talk about is i think someone related and i wanted to i wanted to save this conversation for the podcast and yeah. I, I was gonna text you like a couple weeks ago and like kind of talk through and i'm like let me just save it so for the past, I would say, I would say the last couple weeks, I've just felt like really down, mm. really sad, irrationally irritable, like the feeling of like, I'm just fed up with everything. Like mm-hmm. in a second, I'm annoyed. Mm. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time going through, why am I feeling this way? Like, I'm not about to start my period. This is not like a hormonal thing. Mm. Um Yes, I'm stressed at work and that's really annoying, but it's not like any more than I've ever dealt with before. Like it's not the worst it's ever been. People have way worse than me at those conversations. Mm -hmm. I'm not working 60 hours a week. Um, Just 58. Right. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, And, you know, I was thinking like it's past now, the anniversary of Joe's death. Mm -hmm. Like I would think if I was going to be really sad about that, it would have happened around that time and not now. And really all just coming back to like, I'm trying to find a reason Mm. why I'm feeling sad. Mm. And the question I have is like, do we need a reason to be sad? No, absolutely not. We don't need a reason for any emotions to move through us. That is a hard concept for me to grasp. It is, but the more that we try and find a reason for that emotion, the more we're actually clinging to it. Okay, well, makes so sense. So, like, why, 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 why? And when we do that, we're really holding that emotion really tight. And so instead, what we might do and what you might experiment with is saying, yeah, there's sadness here. Yeah. And sadness is a human condition. We right. all feel it. 
and it could be collective. You could be experiencing it from the environment. This has been a hard year. Right. Not not to mention, yes, all of those right. things. And then pandemic. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people in the energy space when the pandemic first hit and when all of the um, riots were happening, we're feeling this collective sadness that wasn't necessarily their sadness, but it was sadness for the oh, world. Oh, I felt that. I have so felt that. Yeah. Walking around, I would just felt really sad. And it is simi- a similar feeling now but the more I was thinking about it and kind of sitting with it as much as I could I ultimately coming to like I just really miss my brother Mm -hmm. like I'm just going through a really hard grieving time and I am kind of struggling with like I want to I don't want it's not like getting out of it I guess is the wrong word to use Because there's a part of me that when he first died, I feel like I didn't give myself Mm. the proper time to grieve. I threw myself into work. I threw myself into the podcast. I threw myself into traveling. I threw myself into partying, like Mm -hmm. really anything. To survive. And and I'm not holding that against myself. Like I don't think I would have done it any differently. Like that is just how I reacted. It is what it is. But then that, again, like we're saying – that doesn't that grief doesn't just go away or like that I didn't experience it there like it's going to come up at some point yeah um and I think I'm just like in a period where it is like more present than it has been and for a longer time Mm -hmm. I've had you know I kind of think about grief coming in waves it'll crescendo it peaks the valleys all that and this is like a peak that's lasting longer than normal and I know that I'll come out of it because I've yeah. always come out of it before. And that's the part that's really difficult about early grief is like mm-hmm. when you're in it, you're like, will I come out of it? Because you, ha- right. you haven't surfaced from it yet. So I know enough at this point, like two years later, like I'm going to surface. My head's mm-hmm. going to come above water at some point. But when you're in it, like I was walking around the other day and I was just like trying to remember what it was like to walk around and be happy. Mm. And I just like, it's hard to remember that feeling mm. like when you're in it. And I, I want to like, again, this word is, or this phrasing is wrong, but like pull myself out of it because I guess it's like, I feel bad about being sad all the time. Like it's not a pleasant experience for anyone that's around me. Hmm. But it's not your job for you to fix how they feel about your emotions. I know. They're your emotions to feel. And layer, layering on guilt. I know, which is what on I'm top doing. Of grief, it sucks. That's going to make it worse. Yeah, I know. And I'm just like, okay, do I just like feel it? Do I just be in it? Do I just, and like if I'm going through days where I feel sad and I feel low and I miss him a lot, like do I just do it and then hope that people are just going to be around when I come out of it? And they will be. And the people who matter will be. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I can only compare it. I haven't experienced grief to that level. I can ex- compare it to my anxiety. Right. Well, I was saying like I'm sure any – doesn't have to be the death of a loved one. Like right. the death of a job, mourning the loss of a life that's not here anymore. Like I feel like we can all take something from this conversation too. A hundred. And like I know what you're saying about you'll go – I'll go into a period of anxiety where I just feel anxious for no reason. Oh, yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah. And I think what's helped me the most is just saying like, okay – there's the anxiety and I can coexist with this anxiety. Mm -hmm. I can be with it and still live and it might not feel ideal, but I also know it will pass. Yeah. 
Um, and there's a meditation that we, I teach actually, and it's to sit with difficult emotions instead of pushing away or clinging to. Mm. And so often we want to push away. No, yeah. And I feel like my whole life has been t- like, don't be sad. If you're sad, find a way to get out of it. Right. What can you do to cheer yourself up? And I mean, like, is there merit in that or n- no, just like it will go away. So just let it run its course. There's a difference between forcing yourself to cheer up and compassion. So I think that there's merit in practicing compassion. If you're experiencing grief, what can you do to nurture yourself? What can you mm-hmm. do to take care of yourself? And that might bring you some positive emotion, but you're not doing it for that outcome. Mm. You're doing it to care for yourself. So mm. if taking a bubble bath and wrapping up on the couch with a blanket or um, putting on a lavender face mask or yeah. whatever it is, doing those things that nurture you, crying on the couch all day yeah. and calling off work, yeah, those things are from a place of compassion and they might result in feeling better, but we're not doing them for that outcome. Okay. I really never thought of it that way. That's helpful. Good. Good. Because then that totally switches up the narrative where it's like, yes, you're, you're taking care of yourself, but not trying to move an emotion away. That makes sense. Yeah. So like the concept of mindfulness would be non-striving, which is literally the hardest concept for all of us to grasp. Sure. And it's (laughs) being with the process and not focusing on the outcome. So the process is compassion and nurturing because you love yourself and you're in pain. Mm-hmm. And what would you do for a friend who was in pain? You would nurture them. Yeah. What would you do if Ryan was in pain? You would try and nurture and support him. And Right. I think there where it gets tricky is like w- that it's not me trying to get him to be like get, just to make him happy. Right. You're trying to nurture him. Yeah. Which is what in turn you could do for yourself. Right. And the outcome there is not to make yourself happy. It's to nurture and be with what is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. Thank you for talking me of through Of course. That. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wild card. Yes. What are your favorite podcasts that you're listening to right now besides What the Fit? Because What the Fit is your favorite. It is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Good quick response. It is. It is. Um, I wear this black hat and I wear my What the Fit yeah. hat. Those are my two hats that I wear. Perfect. Um, okay. I'm a true crime fanatic. Okay. I need to talk to you about this and I need to unpack where this is coming from or where this is stemming from because you are not alone. Everyone fucking loves a murderer. Yeah. What is it? So I'm fascinated with human behavior. Like I will read about humans doing things all day long. Why? 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 Yes. That just fascinates me. I understand that. And I think we as a society, as humans, are fascinated by murder because it's like a little bit, it's scary and we don't want it to happen to us. We don't want it to happen to us. But we need to know about it so our brains can somehow protect us from it happening. Right. We think that they are. Right. Exactly. Okay. They're not. Right. It's only freaking out. It's like a false sense of security. Like if I listen to 100 episodes of someone getting murdered, I'm going to know all the things to do so I don't get murdered. Right. Exactly. Instead, you're going to be like me when we get 4 a.m., like looking at the curtains, checking your Simply so, Safe alarm. For so the what are time. your like favorite, like what ep- podcast? Do you okay, True to? Crime Junkie. True Crime Junkie is the podcast. That's the podcast. And is it ever an episode of just a murder? They just talk Every about Monday, a murder? Every Monday, they talk about a murder and they like break down what happened, how it could be murder, missing person. Sometimes they're not solved. Sometimes they're not solved. Right. See, this is where my theory is. So so I was thinking people, humans love to like experience this, this rush, this crazy, like adrenaline spike, whatever, 
but then there's a resolution after the one hour episode of Law and Order. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's tied neatly in a bow. We get mm-hmm. it. We can go on to bed. But if these are still unsolved, and that is doesn't. Well, then what I do, which is probably not healthy for me, is go like down into the Google, and I'm like looking on the internet, like what happened. So Where you're are a detect. They? Are you trying to solve it? Yes. And so in my next life, I told my husband I wanted to get a PhD in this now, but he was like, "Let's just focus on the career you have." Um, but the, the couple that yeah, you have. yeah, yeah, the three jobs you have. But I want to get a PhD in forensic psychology, and I want to study them study the murderers murderers. like why what happened what childhood trauma did you experience what's going on in your brain let's do brain scans like i want to know yeah no i i i can understand that do you think just your personal opinion that someone could just be born like a bad egg that's the ones that interest me the most because like with no childhood trauma have a lot of childhood trauma yes and it's like very very sad and horrible but some are just born that way and that's what fascinates me why you just got a little piece of the devil in you <laughs> me <laughs> no not you no. <laughs> yeah like it's like why? some people are touched by an angel and some You're people touched are touched by, a by devil. the devil right right and I, I mean i'll go so far like i know the top four types of family annihilators what is a family annihilator mm-hmm. well it's someone who comes home and murders their whole family so like that is definitely are there warning signs like do i can i well that's why i need to look (laughs) (laughs) my husband doesn't have any of them yet but i will know that's positive yeah there's i don't think your husband does either okay what are some of the warning signs well so if like ryan lost his job and he started being like obsessed with like losing his job and having no worth yeah yes yes those kinds of things um some of them are honor kills so I don't think Ryan has this either, but he he was like super religious and all of a sudden you started like disgracing the family or one of your kids did. Oh, I'm fucked. He would like <laughs> kill the whole family in honor I'm of your totally religion. totally dead, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so you're screwed. <laughs> Things like that. Or if like Ryan had a mistress all of a sudden and he like wanted to leave you for her. Sure. And it's like we can't just have the conversation. I have to no, full he's out kill murder you. you. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's going to be easier. Mm-hmm than yeah. anything ensuing yeah so that's my favorite okay ryan my husband ryan ryan hates it because he hates the girl's voice oh that is important yeah i don't mind it okay so anything else or just this that one is your favorite that's my favorite i can't get into any other ones and they yeah. come out every monday so i do my walks with yeah that. that's lovely yeah i love that so i've talked about on here all the time the daily the new york yeah. times um podcast that comes out every day 20 minutes like kind of what's going on in the world, I find it particularly helpful with all of the fucking news mm-hmm. that's just like thrown at us and I have no idea what to believe or who is right. Oh my God, or, yes. It, I mean, it's so stressful just to try to man- to get the truth. Yeah. And I'm not saying the New York Times is like not at all a certain, leaning sure. a certain way, but it is. It's kind of like the skim. Like, do you read the skim? Yeah, I used to read the skim all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and really, sim- really similarly. Okay. Um, Produced and and things like that. Uh, so yeah, so that's one of my favorites. I'm gonna listen to. Obviously, Joe Rogan. Yeah, he's my daddy. Yeah. I love him so much. I will say though, the last couple episodes that I've listened to, I'm getting a little tired of the alien talk. Yeah, he's talking about aliens a lot. Okay, and there's just only so much of that that I can take. Sure, but I did hear he had a really good recent one about mindfulness. Really? Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'll have to go back. I'll send it to you. Yeah. But I've heard m- multiple people 
talk about did how- he interview james nestor on breath because someone kayla sent me that one. might have yeah. been it. breath it okay. was breath it was breath yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Which so, just is important. And yeah. So he, related. I'm like, he has like now he'll sprinkle in a few ones like that, which are great and helpful. But I think he's also getting a little bit too much, in my opinion. Again, like in daily, like I was yeah. so excited when he had Post Malone on. I was like, oh my god, yeah. we're gonna like, they just fucking got high into shrooms and literally talked about aliens for three hours. Yeah. I was like, this is not You're entertaining like, give me something for me. Else. Yeah. I know, but and then. My third, I wouldn't say my third favorite, but one of the my yeah. favorites that I'm listening to is Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop. Oh, do you know who, I haven't heard of this. This is going to be surprising. This okay. is somewhat surprising to me. But do you know who Heather McDonald is? She was a mm. comedian on Chelsea Lately. She wrote um, White Chicks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she has a podcast and it's like pop culture, really Bravo centric. Okay celebrity but then she'll also do like she does some like murdery stuff but it's usually um like a husband I don't know just like I don't even know how to describe it I'm doing a bad job but some like real life stories too just kind of reporting on like things that she finds interesting okay so I started listening to this podcast in 2016 when it first came out and I was religious about it I followed everyone I loved it and then when my brother died, I just stopped listening to it. it. There was no reason. It just likely a disruption in routine, whatever, mm-hmm. just like fell off. And maybe a year ago, tried to pick it up again and I just didn't. And I was like, oh, maybe it's done. Like I missed too long. Yeah. I've been away for too long. I'm not going to get the jokes or like get what she's doing. But then just a couple weeks ago, maybe like, yeah, three weeks, I randomly played it and it just like slapped for me this is it and now i'm in it again and now i'm back and i get so much joy and she does a tuesday thursday and i'm like it's just like i'm just like rejoining with an old friend that's great i know and i don't watch bravo it's like such a time suck for me but it does like scratch the itch to just kind of uh, know just what's to happening. know yeah. yeah she just like does impressions and like gives a quick recap of the episodes and i'm like okay i know what's happening i don't yeah. have to watch it i love that yeah do you know any good mental health ones i've been like searching and searching and i feel like this is my work but i can't find any that i like so i listened for a while to forever 35 okay it's run by two women they they call it like a self-care podcast cool okay but it's like very mental health yeah. driven and they both um, are, are, con- are always, like, talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. Their, the, the state of their mental health. And when they have guests on, the state of their mental health. Yeah. It, it kind of is, like, a positioned as skincare and beauty products. And they do talk about that. But it's so much deeper. Deeper, yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of think of it similarly like what the fit where it's like, yeah, we talk about fitness. But, like, we're talking about, yeah. like, so much deeper, deeper than stuff. that. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Should I should check that one listen out. to it. Yeah. Because I know a lot of spiritual ones, but not as many like mental health mm, ones. Mm. Listeners, what podcasts are you listening to besides What the Fit? Let us know. Thanks so much for coming back on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. I miss drinking I wine during this. I love you too. I know. Soon. Four months. Oh, yeah. Four months. Four months. Bring the babe. Oh, yeah. She can hang out in Rubio Studios. Uh-huh. We'll get her on the mic. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure no one will want to hear that, but... <laughs>
My guest today is the co-founder and advisor of a media platform built to awaken and amplify changemakers. The nonprofit, simply put, interviews awesome people and shares their stories to create space for interactions that challenge us. They're guided by four focus areas, promoting inclusive communities, amplifying social equity, building community muscle, and expanding pathways for women. Please welcome... Kirsten Wones of Women of Cincy. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for joining me. Even though you are local, we are virtual. You've got a little one who's going back to school. Is that right? So you want to be smart about quarantine? Yes, we are. We're like, he has four parents and we all work and like our, our like exposure is already so wide. So we're limiting it as much as we can. No, I totally understand. What is the situation with schools? Before we kind of jump into that, like oh, I, I don't, I'm not in it at all, <laughs> but I hear peripherally and it sounds so stressful to me. Like every day I'm like, something will come up about schools and I'm just like, thank God I don't, I don't have, this is one thing. Like I don't have to put it in my mind. I just, I don't have to think about it, but I feel for everyone. Yeah. Who has no, you to should let that it. go. If you can let something go, like do it. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, like, parenting is hard but that was like a wild challenge I mean right like none of us have ever experienced anything like this um period but then to like add like this parenting challenge onto it was absolutely nuts um so a lot of schools are doing either all remote or like some kind of combination of like remote they'll do like they'll split the kids in half and they'll go like two days a week and then they're remote a couple of other days a week we are actually sending um, Casey, so he's five, he's starting kindergarten. Oh. Um, we're actually sending him to Catholic school, which, like, it's very Cincinnati me, of you. Yeah. If you knew me, that's like definitely not my thing. And, like, for people who that is their thing, like, cool kudos to you. I um, was a Catholic school <laughs> child. I went, you know, all, all the way through. All right. Um, so I turned out decent. So there you, know, you go. I went to Mason and it's not really that different. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's doing that. They have the funding, they have the resources to, you know, handle a little bit better. And I, mm-hmm. I love public school. I think public school has a lot of special things to offer and hopefully we'll go back next year. But mm-hmm. um, like this for right now, he was like, we were telling him about our first days of kindergarten and he was like, Oh, was there a sickness when you went to school? And we were like, Oh, like, so this is such a weird time for them. Like I wonder down the road, like how they're going to reflect back on this time as children. Like, well, how is it going to show up for them? It's going to be really interesting. I know. Or like, will he block it out or like, yeah. Right. It might not be even a, you know, a blip on the radar of their whole life of like, oh yeah, there was this time. Right. Right. Where for us, it's like, it's transformative. Yes. Yes. Um, Yes. It's, it's nice too. I'm a bar manager. Um, and like, so things in the bar industry are obviously like nuts right now as well, but it just like helps put it in perspective because when I'm like upset about like tequila Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I'm like, okay, well like my kid's trying to like learn how to read in the middle of this yeah it's kind of a nice like grounding thought yeah yeah so is he doing blended is that the deal with that school they're actually five days there he's going the full monty five days so and like their protocols seem really good i mean it's terrifying all around and like there's no right answer and i think yeah people that's the hardest part yeah 
Do they have to wear masks? Do the kids have to wear masks? Are they six feet apart in the classroom? What's Yeah, he's got like, I think there's like 14 kids in his class and they're all spread out. He's got this cute little Avengers mask. Oh, yeah. It's adjustable because he's picky as hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I'm picky as hell when it comes mm-hmm. to a mask too. Yeah, I had to get these like organic cotton ones because it was messy on my face. Oh gosh. Well, that's interesting. Thanks for shedding shedding some light. I'm so far removed, but I am just interested to see how we deal with it as a collective. So it's interesting. It's a thing. Yeah. But I'm so, so honored to have you on. I was, you know, kind of gushing about it earlier, but I first heard about your organization when I was first starting the podcast. I heard about Women of Cincy through Kick Lee. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And he's like, they're doing amazing things over there. And I think that he thought of you guys right off the bat because when I was describing how I wanted my podcast to look, I was unknowingly sharing some very similar values to you. you That the belief that storytelling creates culture, that there's power and great conversation, you know, all those treasures, right? And so, I mean, I've, I've spent now, I think over the past weeks, several hours browsing through the website and the platform and and all the features. And it's such good, important work. So first, thank you guys for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to do that. (laughs) I I can imagine. I'm sure there's so much work behind the scenes and it's always good to get a little feedback. But how did this all come to be how did it start yeah yeah well we've got time to like usually I have to kind of do the little snappy like no 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 we got all the time time into like the yeah um and I have to say like you did like like really hit the nail on the head in introducing us which is like we we're not like a it's it's a little bit complicated to like get into and so like I I thought that was really cool and it's like really evident to me that you share those values because they like jump right out at you which is cool um so going back to 2017, uh, inauguration day, uh, the fateful day. <laughs> I'm just um, doing some subtle body language through the virtual camera. Uh-huh, wink, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was actually my birthday. Um, and at the time I was working for a couple of trade magazines um, in the printer industry. So wow. printers, real fascinating. Um, actually, but learned so much from the printers. Um, <laughs> and I took the day off for my birthday. Um, and, but like, I still woke up at like six 30 cause like your body just you know, does sure. that. I'm, yep. I'm laying there, like sitting on whatever Twitter, or Facebook, or God knows what. Hell Some soul sucking <laughs> platform. <yeah. laughs> and like, I was just getting so mad. I was so mad and I wasn't mad about like the political result. I mean, I was, but like, you know, that had kind of come and gone and like, we're starting to kind of deal with that. But I'm, I'm like sitting there and I've got like friends of mine that I'm not speaking to. Mm. I've got like people in my family that I'm having like, you know, those like fake Thanksgiving dinner style conversations where you're not really talking. Passive aggression everywhere. Yeah. It's getting into that real stuff. Right. And that was what was really pissing me off. Like, politics are politics and and that's that's a whole nother thing but then like for us to not even be able to speak to each other because this issue is so nasty and so divisive it's just insane yeah um so that's really like the seed that was the seed of it and obviously like three and a half years later it's turned into 
so much more. Yeah. Um, but I like think about all the like, guys just like snuggled up in bed, like on Facebook and like, um, so, so I text my friend, Chelsea, um, mm-hmm. we're really good friends and she's now our executive director. Um, I text her and I'm like, the wedding's March is tomorrow. Like we have to go, we have to do something. Like, I'm just so mad. And, and she was not a morning person. So like I sent her like 10 or 15 texts before she had even like woken up. Um, and I'm like, well, we could do like, we could interview people. We can do this. We could turn it into this like women's empowerment, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, you just, yeah. like, and it's this, it's this amazing I, <laughs> unpopular opinion sometimes is like, I, I sometimes voice that like what has happened to our country in the last four years has, has elements of positivity in it. Um, and in the weirdest twisted way, because like, it's it's that like if you don't hit rock bottom, will you will you really look inside and like reflect on on the problems? That exactly. Well, it's like through adversity, strength comes. Yes. Um. And so, and I say that with like a grain of salt. Of course, there's like a lot of horrible things that come with that, and da 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 da. But also, this adversity has been this beautiful moment for so many like you know women's empowerment movements and um storytellers like us yeah. and just so many things where mostly in what it is you know we are we have our classic t-shirt that on the back it says like women of the city get shit done um and it's all of these Fuck people yeah. that like you know they're like oh i believe this or i believe this or da 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 and then all of a sudden all of these people were like oh i got to get off my ass and do something about this um yeah, yeah. so so losing my train of thought. So, so we're like, we got to do something. Um, and so long story short, we decide to go to the women's March. We like text a couple of friends. We got a couple of photographers, um, actually like my best friend and I, who's one of our other co-founders, Kelsey, um, I think became best friends because of this day. I had left my like digital recorder on my desk at work. And I was like, hey, you mentioned you might come to the Women's March. Do you want to bring this recorder? And do you want to do these interviews with us? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, she's, like, my best friend. And, like, she, yeah. found, she like, poor thing, like, founded this thing with us. Um, but so this, like, weird, you know, life-changing. Rant. So were you pulling people off the street, like, during the march and asking just, like, how are you feeling type of questions? Yeah. So we decided to stick with one question. Keep it simple. We Good idea. We eventually made the official decision to be nonpartisan. Um, I think we knew that that was where we were headed that day, but hadn't quite like articulated that yet. But so we tried to keep it simple. We just said, why are you here? Um, And we set out to, you know, talk to as many different types of people as we could. I think we even talked to a cop. Um, I think he said like, cause I have to be, (laughs) um, but yeah, so we just asked people why, why they were there. And I think, you know, Kelsey and I come from a fairly traditional journalist background where it's important to just let the stories speak for themselves. Um, and so we just started hearing, you know, the things that people were passionate about and some people were, you know, real, real pissed and not diplomatic in their answers. And other people were, um, you know, more diplomatic. And of course we've seen like all kind of the offshoots of what have, what's happened in the last few years. Sure, but, sure. Um, you know, that day, wasn't wasn't terribly like significant for us in terms of like shaping where we went beyond that. right 
wasn't like this like bolt of lightning strike of like, this is a clear path forward. We know exactly what we want to do. This is what it's going to look like. Yeah. March there's, on. There's no, there's no bolt of lightning. Like anyone out there listening to this that like wants to start their own like movement or business or whatever, like stop waiting for the bolt of lightning. Here's yes. my little like moment. Okay. So like stop waiting for the bolt of lightning, but like just go do it. And like, and that was the thing is like, we just got off of our butts and mm-hmm. we went out and we did this thing. And what we ended up doing was completely different from that day. But it was the fact that we started doing something. Yeah. I uh, think that one, like the small action, it just creates momentum. Exactly. Like you, it, it really, that's the best way I think to describe it. I felt similarly too, of like, I had always had this idea of I wanted to start a podcast. I wasn't starting a podcast. I wasn't doing it. And then you know, kind of had a fire lit under my butt unintentionally. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And it was like, just that made him texted a friend. Like I'm texted a friend, like, do you want to do this with me? And like, then it just snowballed. Yep. So I made that one that took that one step forward. Yep. And those teams are so important because they create that accountability. Yes. And like, social media as, as like fucked up as social media is and has so many problems and like the mental illnesses that we're going to see, whatever we, we digress. But mm-hmm. social media does kind of create this accountability if you're looking for that. Um, and so the fact that like we got on Instagram and we're like, hey, guys, we're doing this. And then we were like, I guess we better post something. Yeah. <laughs> did it start with a, with Instagram or did it have – did you have a website to start? What, no, how did the media platform get going? just started as Instagram. So it was yep. like Friday morning. What it was is we noticed that the local Women's March chapter didn't have an Instagram presence. And so we were like, oh, we'll just be their Instagram presence. Yeah. Um, so we started the first couple of weeks, we started just posting like snippets of the, what people had answered us um, and then got together. We call it like our wine and whiteboard day. Um, and if there was a lightning bolt moment, even or even like a little just static, <laughs> um, that, was, that was like our wine and whiteboard day. So a couple of days later, we got together and we were like, okay, what are we actually like upset about? And like, what are we actually trying to accomplish? What are we trying to solve? And of course, we wrote down everything on the whiteboard, education, poverty, blah, 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 all the things. Um, and what we finally like came down to the core of, um, of what we saw on that whiteboard was just like this this missing empathy um, is missing from all of these things. And the fact that we're just, it's so simple and it's so frustrating how simple it is, but like, we just don't treat each other like humans. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really easy now to hide behind a screen. Yeah. Or or so many of us or a box. That's what we always used to say was like, we're putting each other in boxes. So like I've labeled you, like the 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 cliche like angry black woman box or the like woke millennial affluent white girl box or like whatever box we just it's it's easier mm-hmm. oh yeah it takes way less energy mm-hmm. um and there's you know i'm i'm actually in school for um psychology and like there's psychological reasons why we do that um we, we categorize things because our brain can't manage them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and that's where all these things stem from is, is these just, you know, you're not a box anymore. You're in this sticker. I put a sticker on you and yep. you don't have a face anymore. Yeah. So long story short, we said we're storytellers. So in that room, we had photographers, graphic designers, um, writers, social media experts. And so we said, we're storytellers. 
that's what we're going to do. How'd you get that room together? Uh, like it was just this spontaneous offshoot of like this little group of us that went to okay. March. Yeah. Just like, I know you, you know, me like a network mm-hmm. kind of. A, yeah. yeah. So like my, well, whatever. I don't need to get into the, like my sisters, blah, 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 yeah. <laughs> whatever. We're all in the room. Um, and we were just like a ready-made, you know, ragtag team of storytellers. Um, and so we decided that that was our, our gift. You know, the big thing is like, if you are going to go out and start doing something like use what, what you got. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we decided from there that we wanted to be nonpartisan because that like crossing lines, opening boxes, tearing up the boxes, part of it was really important. So for us to be nonpartisan was really important. Um, we decided to be uplifting. Um, and I, I, I choose that word uplifting rather than the word positive because that doesn't mean that there's not struggles and it doesn't yeah. mean that our stories don't talk about struggle. Um, but they're that kind of honest, like well-rounded, like this part of the story sucked, but this part of the story was okay. You want to kind of bring it around. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and so from there we decided, okay, so we want to be uplifting. We want to tell stories. We want to get people to open up their boxes. Let's interview one badass woman every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so long story short, that's what we started doing. Yeah. Um, and we still do that. We still, um, I think right now we are at, we do something like 25 features a year. Um, for the first two years, we did like 40 features a year. Oh, wow. Um, and is this like full blown kind of like journalistic reporting, like article about them, like a profile of what they're doing, you know, why you think that they're a woman to highlight? Yeah, for people so, who haven't, you know, taken a look at the website to see what it is. Right. So no, they're they're actually direct Q and A's, which is really an interesting format. Um, and actually, we we didn't necessarily have that plan. We went out to interview um, our first person, who was Hillary Copsey, um, and she. The way that we had found her was she started a newsletter called Make America Read, um, and she is. She is like the bookworm of bookworms. Like if I ever need a book recommendation, she's, she's the go-to. Um, and she's, she's really involved in our community in a lot of other ways as well in the Norwood community. Um, so we sat down to interview her and I sat down and I wrote her article kind of like you said, as like a profile, kind of that uh-huh. typical, like we walked into the brewery and da, 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 da. And here's a couple quotes. And I was like, this isn't good enough. Yeah um this isn't good isn't even the right word it's like I wanted people to be in the room with me like humanizing enough yeah it wasn't it wasn't real enough um and so I went back to the transcription that I had used to write the article and I like cut some of that and I cleaned it up and I sent it to the girls and I was like is this weird if we just publish this and we were like I don't think so um (laughs) it reminds me me of like you know, when you, I was a big Cosmo fan or like teen magazine fan, and they would literally have like the interviewer, question, question, the whoever, child star. And I like loved, it was almost like a script. Mm-hmm. It's like you're almost reading mm-hmm. a script. And in that way, like you said, you can picture then yes. the conversation and the dialogue and what's happening. Yes. Um, so we started doing that. Um, and it's a really fun format. Um, I think people get intimidated sometimes and I'm just here to say that like, 
It'll be fine. <laughs> They'll be good. Um, nobody likes reading their own words, but it's it's really it's really cool, and I feel like I feel like I've gotten to know like the heart and soul of our city really well. From oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Like as I'm going through the website, like you feature so many different stories and it makes our city feel so big and diverse from like finance, arts and culture, female filmmakers, affordable housing, like everything, the whole spectrum. And I think that Cincinnati can have this bad rap of being monochromatic in our culture, Mm -hmm. our belief systems, the religion. And to me, it's like one quick browse on that website and you can absolutely see that that's not the case. And as I'm not from Cincinnati. I've been here now since 2012, but I've always wondered because it hasn't ever been my experience of meeting this one and only kind of Cincinnatian. And But I've heard so many people say, well, that's just how Cincinnati is. Mm-hmm. That's just, I'm like, mm-hmm. why do we keep saying it? <laughs> yep. It's not true. Like we're just reaffirming this belief that isn't true. There are amazing, diverse wonderful people in this city, not to say anyone, not to say not wonderful, but doing incredible cool things, bringing culture to our city. And just because you haven't maybe directly encountered one before, it doesn't mean that it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Open up your bubble, get out of your box. That's the whole thing. You got to get out of the box. And I have to say, like, I have to say thank you because like of all of the things that you could say, like that I would take as the highest compliment. That was like maybe the number one really fundamental thing that that I would want someone to say and and to be totally honest you know we do okay you know a lot of it is intention but like we've got a long way to go in terms of diversity and like yeah so it's kind of sad that like uh, I don't know if I want to say like we're the bar but like we've set some kind of bar that's you know different um and it's not good enough it's not nearly good enough and if you and when, when it comes to diversity if you ever say that it's good enough you know then you don't understand right, right. <laughs> the concept. Um, but but we have so far to go, and um, you know we've got initiatives in place to do even better. Um, and so that's the thing I think that people kind of miss about the idea of diversity and re- representation is that like it's a never-ending, you know, it's yeah. it's, uh, it, it's who you are. It's not a like statistic that you achieve. Exactly. I have to ask. I when. I started the podcast and throughout, you know, people will ask me, are you afraid that you're going to run out of people to talk to? And I'm like, no (laughs) way. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, no way. Like the city is, is full again of, of people doing amazing things. So your answer is no, you're not afraid you're going to run out of people to talk. No, we have, so we, it must've been sometime in the first year, I think, um, once we stopped, because at first we were kind of scrambling just because we're like all working our other jobs. and trying- Well, and you don't – like it's hard. You had to first build the network up. Yes. Who knows who? You can put this person in contact with this person. Right. Like it take that part takes time. Right. But, yeah. but then we started – we decided that all of our stories would come from nominations. Um, so Ooh, none of yeah. us – like none of us sitting there – um in this like metaphorical like round table are like we're going to interview this magical person now like tap them on the shoulder um we don't make any of those decisions um they all come from nominations and we have the last i looked there was almost 300 nominations sitting in there 
how do you man? Do you have like certain people that are going through them constantly? Do you do it in chunks? How do you manage that? That's a lot. Yeah. So our I won't get. I love workflows. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be I also to do too. So, yeah. <laughs> um, long story short, our features editor Kelsey, she when we get new ones, she goes in and she approves them, and she also gives them quick tags. So just like topic tags. So like, yep. um, you know, business owner, nutrition, whatever. Sure. Um, we are. I'm not sure. I'm a little more removed from the day to day now. And so I'm not sure if we've started this or not yet, but we're actually going to be collecting demographic information as well to help us do better at that diversity element. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then, and then the writers actually have the opportunity to go into that sheet and they pick three people. Um, And it has nothing to do with chronological chronological. Um, they, they just, we, what's really important for us is that our writers feel like they can form a relationship with the people that they interview. Um, and so they go in there and they pick a couple of people that they feel really inspired by or really passionate about meeting. Um, and then they send that list to our editors and our editors just kind of based on like everything else that we have coming down the pipeline, will kind of help narrow it down. Um, so it's like equal parts, like doing your due diligence in terms of diversity and such and then also like this this more like flexible free-flowing passionate piece and and it's both of those that are really important that's really impressive to balance that i think because it's like so when did it when did you officially like apply to be a nonprofit? because there's there's some kind of like process there i'm going to assume because it has a formal designation yes it is a process so we've actually had like this really weird our journey is so weird and like everyone's journey is that's like what actually journey means yeah exactly. um, <laughs> but because we started in this like pulling it out of our asses at the women's march kind of way um it took and then like again we were still all working our day jobs and such for so long um and and many of us still are um, it, it took us a long time to really figure out like our foundation. And so actually for a long time, we were an LLC, um, a social enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we try, we've tried so many things and failed and succeeded and it's great mm-hmm. that those failures are so important. But, um, so we actually had like a design agency for a year that we thought we would use to sort of like fund the women of Cincy storytelling side. Um, and that was a fascinating year of my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we just didn't have the capacity to do all of that. Um, shockingly. Yeah. So long story to, to answer your question, we became a nonprofit, I think last winter, like it would have been early winter, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a process there. Shout out to Chelsea because she is so good at that. Like digging in and researching and like I, I don't have the patience for that. yeah like the attention to detail uh, kind of small things good for her yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll sit down with 30 pages of research and she'll be like oh this is fascinating and I'm like okay. you need that person on the team right uh-huh. I'm like I'll take your summary when you're yeah. done. <laughs> so from the start where it was kind of decided on the format of this is how we're going to feature people and you kept that similar mm-hmm. format going forward. And now you're do what, what's the frequency that you'll release a feature? And don't you have like, kind of, do you have like any like special edition things? I'm thinking yes. of the, the housing and security and, yes. and all that. So 
the and, and to, to summarize, we do we've done these features. We did them once a week, roughly for the first two years, and now I think we do three a month. Although mm -hmm. COVID has also like yes, here, obviously, <laughs> um, just, just skip COVID. Yeah, um, yeah. And and then around those features, which have kind of been like the stronghold for what we do, we have tried everything. <laughs> um, so we had events. We did a couple podcasts actually mm. uh, we did like two episodes not our not our bag in the way that we were trying to do them um, yeah. <laughs> and we also have another section of content called community mix that comes out every month um so those are like non q a style um pieces um and then yes we do um what we call behind the scenes special projects um so to date we have done three of them and then we have one more coming out or like another one coming out this fall that I'm really excited about so the first one we did was um eight film eight female filmmakers um in collaboration with this independent film festival um which is great to highlight that Cincinnati even has filmmakers it was so fun um, I can imagine it was so fun. I also like met one of my really good friends and through her met like the love of my life through that festival. So like very special. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that fall, I think we did the housing insecurity series. Um, that was, that was so fascinating. It's, I recommend anyone listening, go check that out. I was, was really drawn to that It was because I think it's something I live in OTR. And so it's something that I visually see all mm -hmm. the time mm -hmm. and then yeah. just to go deeper. I was like, oh, people yeah. need to read this. And at the time, same, we were based at Union Hall right on Vine Street. So yeah. um, the housing insecurity series, I mean, it was life-changing for us creating it. Um, we, we really set out with a couple of goals, one of them being um, to not create – poverty porn is, is what we call it. it that's kind of like that you know yeah. you see the the starving African child infomercial um and you like send them thirty dollars and then you feel better about right yourself. because it's almost like I can't look away yeah. that kind of mentality of like a car crash or something when it's like yes. you're not connecting then that's yes. not a connection exactly so well, that was one of our goals that was really important was to like make it known that the people that were we're telling these stories like they're people that's the whole again it's like it's so simple and yet we can't seem to like register um and so so we it's about half and half we talk to um people who are fighting housing insecurity um so a lot of experts and um decision makers and change makers mm -hmm. in that area and then we talked to people who are or have experienced housing insecurity um and just, you know, you, sometimes you realize that like the moment that you're doing something that you, you know, it was really meant to be done. So that was when all of that stuff was happening down on third street. Yes. Um, like, like large encampments or mm -hmm. is there a better word for that? What did they no, call that? I, I think that was the word. Um, yeah. and so we actually were able to go down there, Chelsea and one of our photographers, Angie was able to go down there, um, we talked to a lot of those folks, um, including Bison, who was the mayor. They had like a mayor of this this like town um, down under. How do you feel going into that situation? Yeah, is that nerve wracking? 
Um, so I went, I talked to some folks, there was actually an encampment like right behind, um, Union Hall. And so we would go out there and it, it is, it is nerve wracking. And I've said this to, um, I interviewed a girl who is a survivor of rape. Um, and I sat down with her and same kind of thing. I sat down with her and I said, this is going to be really weird, but I'm nervous that I'm going to say the wrong thing to you. Um, I think that's fair. And so it's it's kind of that same thing. And, and that's that's the whole root of the work that we do is it's trying to get us to come out of that box. But like, like it or not, you gotta you gotta like do some heavy work to get through there. And it's yeah, kind of it, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she so I remember talking to this girl out at the encampment. And she was like, Do you have any water bottles? And I said, Well, yeah, I can bring you some water. She said, No, we don't need water. We We need water bottles. Um, like they just, they didn't even have water bottles because the, um, people kept looting their encampment and dumping out all of their water. And so they were trying to just go to the park and like fill up their water bottles and people. Yeah. Just kept, so. oh. And like that stuck with me forever. Just this yeah. really simple, weird thing. And she was, um, I forget, I don't know if she was a paramedic or a nurse or something. And, um, it was like, she was a nurse and her partner was a paramedic um and they had you know just life life had just happened um and it's it's a really complicated issue in our city yeah Um, and it's really hard it's really hard to tackle for so many reasons and so we just we wanted to put this story these stories out there um and just you know say if, if nothing else, like there are different, like offer a perspective that you might have mm-hmm. overlooked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and to point out to people that like, again, that, that like 30 bucks that you send to like, whatever, Compassion International, and I don't want to diss yeah. them, like they're doing bad work or something, but like, you know, that doesn't clear some like weird debt that you have. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Um so yeah, so we did the housing insecurity issue um, or series. Highly re- recommend go read. Yeah. Um, and then we did the this is entrepreneurship series. Um, yeah. That was in partnership with Main Street Ventures, um, and that was super fun. Um, obviously, like a little more lighthearted. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm really interested in that. Did you like any common themes come up for you, or you know, resounding? voices that shown through that you'd like to yeah. share because I think that you know a lot of people listening to the podcast if if they're not in some some function of entrepreneurship you know they might be thinking about doing something or even if it's not you know entrepreneurship kind of has sounds scary but like just going and doing something that you want to do a hobby mm-hmm. you know what it makes make create something for the sake of creating it you know I mm-hmm. think that it applies too yeah, well, that's what we started talking about here at the beginning. It's just like, go do something, right? Yeah. Um, so it was super fun to hear these um, these starter journeys and, stu- and stuff. Um, and actually, it's come to think of it, the series is still going. So we did, we launched it with five like in-depth stories. And then we're doing like a more nuanced topic themed story once a month. And I think that goes for the next couple of months. Um and so what we actually did at the beginning of that was gather a bunch of themes. Um, we, we gathered like an advisory board and, and got together and 
some of the things that we wrote down, you know, were, were the obvious ones, you know, how to balance family and this or whatever, like, how do you have benefits? And of course, you know, those, those things matter, but, um, some of it was like social support, um, mm. how, you know, when you're not only when you're an entrepreneur and you feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, but then you're a woman and like, you already have that feeling <laughs> because right. you're a woman. Right. Um, and then like your, your friend is, you know, wh- whatever, whatever she is, I'm not going to diss it, but like, she's a teacher. She goes to school. She like her job. Got a clearly is- defined career yeah, path or clearly defined job duties every day, a routine schedule. Paycheck, like, shows up in her bank account and that's amazing. But like, she doesn't get it when you come in and, and I'm kind of paraphrasing a story that one of the, the one of the women shared us, shared with us, um, but, you know, when you land this like venture capitalist deal, like, and you go to share that with her, like she's, it's just not going to land the same. So that social community of, of other women who get it. Um, who are to, going through the same thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. Seemed to be really important for a lot of the people that we talked to. Um, guilt was another one, which I think resonates, you know, beyond entrepreneurship, but I think it's so like kind of hyper-concentrated in that where, you always feel like you should be doing something else when you're with your family or your friends or whatever, you feel like you should be working. And when you're working, you feel like you should be with your family and friends. And when you, you know, have a success, you feel like, well, it, it wasn't good enough. And when you land this, it's just, okay, well, what's, what's next? the it's next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, it's like, why do we do it? <laughs> and I think a lot of, you know, our society is kind of built that way anyway it's so accomplishment based um so we all carry that a little bit already and then this entrepreneurship element where like it's your livelihood it's not just like guilt that you've manufactured anymore part of it is like if you don't do this you got to keep this ship afloat your children like um so so that series was and is incredible um and the topic ones are really cool because we get to dial into some of those. So I think um, I think Rachel DeRochers is the one who we actually talked to about guilt. Oh uh, yeah, she has she has grateful grams, right? Yes. Yeah. One of my, you know, I don't know her super well, but like we've interacted a couple of times, and she's like one of the coolest people that I've met. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard and- amazing things too. I've I've kind of. I've listened to her speak before, like mm-hmm. been a part of events with her, but I'm with you. I don't, I don't know her so well, but mm-hmm. she's got a, she's got a good reputation. Let's say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I moderated a like panel between her and Molly Wellman. Okay. And, well, oh my God. Made. Yeah. So fun. It was Were you just like drooling so at the mouth? Yeah. And like, also I'm a bar manager. So like, also I had this other like element. I was like, please be my friend. Yeah. Um, it's so that you know if you pick one story from this entrepreneurship series to read the the one with Rachel is really great um Mm -hmm. and then the ones that are coming out now you know are happening in the time of COVID um so there's some really fascinating perspectives there as well um and then the final like special or not I don't know why I keep saying final um, another yeah yeah because we plan on doing like one or two at least of these a year that's kind of like um that's a big goal for us but the one that we're working on right now is in partnership with the Women's Fund. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be so eye-opening. It's going to be so oh, life-changing. I think it's going to be like one of the best things that we've put out. 
Um, so we interviewed six women of color. Um, the, the main theme is, um, around, so it's centered around research that the women's fund and UC are partnering to release. Um, and so we're producing kind of the storytelling element that's going to share, that's going to support this research. Um, and the research is in particular about the cliff effect. Um, so in a nutshell, the cliff effect is, um, you know, let's say you are unemployed and you qualify for for childcare benefits and food stamps and whatnot. Um, and then you go, or maybe you're underemployed and you you make below the poverty line. And then you go and you get a promotion. And now your promotion is like, wow, you make $30,000, yep. which, and the government's like, lie. and I, I don't know the number, don't quote me on that number, but like, whatever it is, the government is like, yeah. okay, you're, you know, you're now $1,000 over our line and now you don't qualify for anything. So now you got a promotion and probably because you're like a young black woman, we're going to work you to death. And you're going to say, like yeah, promotion comes with more responsibility, more hours that you have to work. And, but now we're not going to pay for your childcare, but you don't actually make enough to pay for that childcare. So you actually have less money than you did before. Um, so that's, that's what the cliff effect, cliff effect is in a nutshell. And the women's fund is, is doing all this, going to release all this research about how that impacts our society, like long-term. Um, there's, there's some really, I'm not going to like spoil the numbers cause I won't yeah. do them justice, but like, there's some really just crazy numbers in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But That'll so be really interesting. it's fascinating. So we interviewed, um, six women, um, who have experienced this in their lives in some way. And, and we talk about, you know, um, their, their, their history with work, their relationship with work. Have you, have you felt valued at, in your workplace? Um, what do you think about the way that our society values work? Um, what do you think about, you know, the way that we pay people? What does that say about certain positions? Um, we get into COVID a little bit, you know, we, we debated as to whether we would go there and, and it had to go there. Um, it is of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're in it. <laughs> and that's our thing. It's like, we're real. So we're not gonna pretend like it's not happening. Yeah. Um, so we get into COVID, we get into, um, there's, there's one girl who she's got like a master plan for, um, shoot, I wish I could remember what she calls it, but she's got like a master plan for kind of revitalizing black Cincinnati. Um, and she's like, girl, I'm going to run in 10 years. Like, da, 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 here's my plan. Great. Get her the platform now. Let's start but hearing about it now. Incredible. Um, you'll read every single one of these and be like, I want to be your friend yeah. Um, and I want to vote for you. And I want to, you know, da, 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 da. And, and the big thing again, is it goes back to the whole point is like, even me sitting here, these aren't women that I would cross paths with on a daily basis. Um, And I'm, you know, kind of in this social justice world a little bit. Um, This is, you know, my, that's my world. And I wouldn't cross paths with, you know, these women. Um, and so a lot of our readers oh. might not have. And so no, it's just so powerful. Like we, I mean, like we said, to amplify mm-hmm. those voices, mm-hmm. it's so powerful to give the stage. So, yes. And then, and then to have it, I'm really excited about part this partnership because it's going to be paired with all this research. So you'll be like reading, 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 and she'll be like, yeah, this happened. I got promoted and I lost my childcare benefits. And then we'll be like, 
research says da 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 and so it'd be like popped right in there um that's great so i'm really really excited that should be out um early fall i'm not gonna Mm. Um, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, keep an eye out we you if you're on our social media you will not be able to miss it because we're super pumped um, yeah yeah so. I wanted to chat too about the recent piece that you wrote um the Black Lives Matter what needs to change in Cincinnati oh, yeah I thought that was really great and it and again in this format that was so simply bulleted of like this is what people are saying this is what needs to change in Cincinnati because like you mentioned, it's one thing to be outraged and to feel empathy and to be sad about what's going on, to feel moved. But then like, what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what action do we need to take? And so I would love to just, what was your experience writing that piece, like attending the protest, talking to people? And then now, two months later, how are you feeling about where we are yeah. as a city? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um I mean, to, to, to really get personal here and like, especially my personal perspective on that. And, you know, I never speak for women of Cincy as an organization, but, but in this moment, especially, um, I, I had mixed feelings about that piece. Um, part of it was kind of went back to that same moment that we had three and a half years ago where I was like, I just got to get off my ass and do something. Um, and sometimes that's self-serving and you're like, yeah, and you're like I'm this affluent white girl. I'm sitting here on my ass, and I'm not. But, but like, if I write this piece, is that even going to matter? And here I'm whining. I don't right. Know there's no. There's that. so many thoughts, feelings, emotions that get wrapped up in all of this. Right. Yeah, it's hard. But, but yeah, you hit the nail on the head in saying like I went out and I knew I was going to write something. I didn't know what. Um. But the biggest thing for me was like, I would be devastated to see, you know, this this momentum be built and then like nothing to change. Um, I think that that, I think that that just like broadly speaking, whether it's black lives matter or whether it's feminist movements or healthcare or what have you, I think that that can be the worst thing that can happen. Um, because it, it makes that momentum feel, I don't know. Um, like reactionary, almost just like impulsive. It makes it feel thin. It makes it feel, yeah, um, theatrical. Mm -hmm. The worst thing in the world to me would be for these things to be theatrical, and and they're not. Um, What is happening right now is so important. Um, It is, it's strange to say, like, incredible is a weird word, but but it's incredible. Um, These people who are, you know, out there, demanding change and and I was so happy to see even in like the one week that I was working on that article is like three different organizations came out with like formal statements and demands um I was you know pleasantly surprised to see that I didn't have to pull to grasp at straws to write that um and to be super clear that was like a quick article that I pulled together in a couple of days that meant to be sort of a conversation starter. It's yeah. by no means comprehensive. Um, well, there was a lot, there was a lot of yeah. things that people said need to change and yeah. they were specific yeah. um, and measurable. And it's probably out of date even at this point, but yeah. Um, so, you know, and it's hard because 
it's it's hard to say it's kind of it's back to that same diversity conversation it's like well when when have we done it when have we there is no like we have checked the box now yeah we are equitable Mm -hmm. (laughs) wouldn't that be cool Um, (laughs) and so you know you see that city council comes out and they say you know we've declared racism a public health crisis um Oh my God, there's this great quote in one of the women's fund stories that I was just editing last night. And she says, she's commenting on this and she says, um, I can stand up and declare that the weather is bad today, (laughs) but it's not going to stop raining. (laughs) Um, and I just, I laughed my ass off about that, but, um, (laughs) and and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to. I'm not going to come out and say that what, you know, PG and the others are doing is empty or theatrical. I don't know. Um, I think I'm going to get like on a soapbox a little bit here and be like in society enough, we don't take the time to say like, I don't know. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For sure. It is like, like shortly after. And so if people are organizations, groups, you know, still are working towards it. I think it's safe to say, like, I don't know what it's going to be like. Like, I don't know if that was just momentum or if we are going to see actionable change. Right, right. And with when it comes to politics and policy, it's Ugh. it's so hard because it's all a smokescreen and you want to believe that, you know, people are, they mean what they say and that their heart is there and da 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 um, And also, like, being informed is really hard. It's the hardest. I was just talking about this earlier in the episode with the guest co-host. I'm like, I do not know what to believe, mm-hmm. where to get information, who's telling the truth, what what's up, what's down. I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, a lot of people just say, "Well, fuck it. I'm, you know, I just, I can't. It's too hard. I have days where I do that. I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't do this today. Yeah. Um, presidential election, I'm out." I can't, I can't do anything. I will shop. I will vote. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. Everyone vote. Yep. No, um, I hear it. Yeah. Side note, we're going to have some cool vote voting merch coming out soon. Ooh, I would be really excited to see that. I think everyone should be rocking some vote merch. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, long story short, being informed is hard. I can't say, I can't sit here yeah. and say like, yes, we're, we're definitely, since he's definitely on right. the yeah. Right, right, yeah. Um, you I did. Think, you did the great act of even getting out there and talking to people about what they think needs to change. Thank That's you. Good. And a good start. You know, listening the 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 importance of listening has been on my heart a lot lately. Um, you know, speaking of like fitness, um, mm-hmm. I I've been doing a lot of yoga and like just the idea of like being quiet um, and not making not passing judgment um and listening and and that's something that i think we all need to do so much more of yeah Um, yeah goes right along with you know being able to say i don't know i'm not informed enough shut your your mouth (laughs) here i am running it but (laughs) the best thing one can do sometimes i have to remind myself that all the time i'm like you are gonna seem way smarter if you don't say anything right now i'm not good at it it's not my thing i've got opinions i like to talk it's fine but you know we're always you know i always have like some things in life that i'm working on and that's mm-hmm. like the thing that i'm really yeah really well that plays right into the next thing i wanted to talk about kind of like routines rituals help you stay fit promote your self-care so it sounds like yoga 
trying to shut yeah. your mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Any, yeah. <laughs> Anything else that you do that just, you know, feels good and, and helps you take care of you? Oh gosh. I've, um, well, let's see, um, I've got like, I've got a juicy backstory to that, I guess. Yeah. I love and, a like, juicy backstory. Um, gosh, now I've like oversold it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of, and it comes back to women of Cincy as well. So actually a year and a half ago, I stepped down as our managing director. Um, and I started volunteering or working part-time. Um, and then about six months ago or so I stepped further back. So I'm working like as an advisor now. And, um, I, I bring that up to say that that journey of letting go, um, and letting some fresh perspective and fresh, um, fresh wisdom start working on this project, um, was really important and really healing for me. Um, well, at first it wasn't healing. First it was like breaking open um, and then beginning to heal. And I was also going through a divorce at the time and um, I struggle with anxiety and depression. And like, so all of that kind of like 20, it must've been 2019 was like my year of like figuring shit out (laughs) again. Um, I can imagine. So, and I say all that to say that like self-care and like self-discovery, et cetera, has become, um, hobby is a weird word, but like has become like an, an important part of my life. It's not just like at the end of the day, like, Oh, I should take care of myself, but it's kind of, it's one of the, you know, five things that I would say I hold most important. Um, so yeah, I've started, I do yoga every day, actually. What kind of yoga do you do? So with COVID, I've been really, there. It's, it's COVID has been sometimes this weird blessing for me. So it pushed me to do at home yoga, which I was always really resistant. Oh yeah, to. me too. Me too. Um, but then I had to, and I was like, oh, this really isn't so bad. Like once you kind of get over it. Exactly. That's what I felt too, except uh-huh. now I'm off of it again. Now I'm like, I can't, I can't do a workout living room right now. I just can't. It's, it's weird. Um, the, you know, I'm really big on like again, like efficiency and workflow and habit forming. And so a lot of it has nothing to do with yoga. A lot of it has time or has to do with like building it in to my habits. Um, so I was doing some yoga and I was like, well, I want to do more of this, but it just keeps being like an afterthought. So it's actually the first thing that I do every day. Um, except for, well, on days I don't drive my son to school, but so I, plug my phone in outside of my bedroom. I turn it on. Do not disturb, which is so great. Um, and then for like, I have, I pick out like a video the night before. Um, mm-hmm. and then like, I literally like, I go straight to my, I brush my teeth. Um, and then like, I go straight to my mat. Cause you're doing like breath work. You gotta brush your teeth. Girl. Absolutely. Um, so I go straight to my mat and if I have like, so tomorrow's my first day of fall classes. I've got class all day. I don't know where my building is. Anything. So like the video that I picked out for tomorrow is seven minutes long. Fine. Beautiful. That's beautiful. The Um, act of showing up, the act of doing something. It is everything. Um, And then, but this morning I did a 60 minute practice. Um, So to answer your question, I do whatever yoga is available to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also, like I said, a bartender. So like on the weekends, like my body hurts um that's a tough job I love it yeah Um, 
but yeah. like Sunday I think morning, I would like it too it's so fun um but Sunday morning like I'm in pain <laughs> so like I always do like a really deep restorative practice on Monday or on Sundays and then like midweek I always try to do one like kick your ass practice um mm-hmm. but it's so great because it's so I mean duh but like it's so it's mental it's mindful it's physical it's spiritual um it's and like yeah. you could do the same class over and over you could do one yoga class over and over and over again and get something different out of it um, for sure every on- day you like your body shows up different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is both great and annoying oh, like, can a- we just have some consistency here please <laughs> There's a, a yoga book I'm reading right now. When I get into something, I really get into it. Um, like quit my job and start a nonprofit. Um, yeah. So I'm reading this yoga book and there's a quote in there that's like, you never step in the same river twice, um, which I like wrote down on a post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, that's great. That's great. Before we get... Before we get into my my question that I ask everyone, I wanted to ask why and how do you think stories change things? Hmm. I should have like a ready made answer to this, right? No, I think it it's something to think about. I'm yeah. thinking about it too. Yeah. I think it's I think it's what you were saying about opening the box mm-hmm. and that every time you hear someone's story or you're in a place where there's storytelling happening, there's a piece that just brings us together as humans. Mm-hmm. Like you can see a piece of yourself in, I would argue every story that's shared, you know, it's exactly. different. It, it could be a different, totally different situations, but the, the common like thread of emotion is there or that pain that we all like is simply that we all experience pain. We all experience joy and you need that little spark to be like, Oh yeah, we're okay. We're, we're humans. Oh yeah. Cool. Got it. See you. Um, It's hard. Our daily life wants to say that we're not and wants to promote separation, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that story is the bridge. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's totally it. And then I think, I think the change part is like, it's a grain of sand at a time, but it's a grain of sand. So like, I, you know, I've read this story or help, maybe I've skimmed this story or maybe I read the first two paragraphs. Sure. Give ourselves grace. Um, yes, seriously. Well, and that's the thing that's like, so maybe this, so maybe today, like you take away from the story, like give yourself grace. And that changes like a grain of sand about the way that you talk to yourself. Um, and then maybe the next day, you know, you read a little bit from the housing insecurity, um, thing. And the next time that you go to, I don't know, you, the, the next time you listen to what city council has to say about housing insecurity, maybe you think about it a little bit differently. And maybe mm-hmm. that day you don't, you don't actually even do anything differently, but you start to think about it differently. And then that builds and then you're like, huh, I should maybe, you know, read a little bit more about this. And then, you know, it's, it's building. It's not, like I said, there's no lightning bolt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And our website does not have lightning bolts. It doesn't have fireworks. It's just got people on it. Yeah. Um, Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Well, you Um, you probably have someone you can share that with, that idea with, right? (laughs) They can make that happen. Yes. But it's, yeah. So change, you know, change comes from grains of sand. And I think, I think that's what it comes down to. 
Perfect. Okay. So now my question, what does being fit mean to you? What does being fit mean to me? Um, I think, I think it's, I think it's kind of going back to that. Like you never step in the same river twice. I think it's Mm. being comfortable with the idea. It actually ties together a lot of nice things that we've been talking about. Right. So like when it comes to diversity, there's no like checkbox, there's no, you know, so being comfortable with the idea that like life is going to come at you and it's going to keep changing and your body is going to change and your soul and your mind are going to change people around you are going to change. That's the problem with, sorry, I digress, but like, that's the problem with like marriage is we forget that like our partner's going to change. Right. That we're two separate people in this thing together. Yes. We're two individuals. They're going to grow and like, they're going to grow together. Um, I digress, but yeah. So, so understanding that like that change, that growth, that evolution, those seasons matter um, and accepting those seasons and like, and having the tools to roll with them. Um, yeah. Adaptable. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love that. So where can people follow women of Cincy, check out what they're doing? Where can people follow you? What's the best place? Yeah. Um, so Instagram at women of Cincy. Um, mm-hmm. We are, one of our big goals for the year is to hit 10,000 followers and we're like, Ooh, okay. Um, and 2000 is really not that many. Um, so go do that. And mm-hmm. then yeah, womenofcincy.org. Um, however you like your content, we've got with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we also have like a weekly newsletter. So if you forget to come to the website, it'll come to you on a Friday morning. Um, and you can follow me if you want, um, at kirsten.wounds and, uh, on, on Instagram. And I've got like all my little projects linked there because I'm up to a million things. It sounds like it. It sounds like <laughs> it. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing, Kirsten. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Awesome. Good luck with school this year, both Thank for you, you and your little one. Yes, the journey, Big, journey. Yes, <laughs> COVID schooling. Glad. Again, I don't have to think about it. There I went. My mind just went to start thinking and stressing out about it. I'm like, I don't have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Reminder to listeners, follow on Insta at WhatTheFitPodcast, me at Chrissy Grody. Share to your socials if you like the idea of more people hearing about the podcast. Rate, review on iTunes. Really helps drive eyeballs. And if you love What The Fit and can support with a monthly contribution, please do so via the Patreon. Be so, so appreciative. Um, Guests, ideas, anyone you want to collaborate with, work together, hit me up in the DMs or email me whatthefitpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. 